T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. It's the best of the Joe Show, running back some of the best audio that you've heard on this radio station over the past 24 hours. How do you do? I'm Dan Day on this Miami Monday. That's right. We try to tailor the show a little more Miami on Mondays to get you over what I consider the worst day of the week. So what we're going to be doing is, of course, hearing from Miami head coach Manny Diaz in just a little while. Also hearing from Mr. Miami, Dan Lebetard, Stephen A. Smith. Going to have music from a Miami musician by the name of Nando Chang. You can also tell me how you are hashtag SoMiami on my Twitter page, at Dan Day Radio. And if I like it, I may just read it out on the air. Right now, reading out some headlines. Despite being benched in a 42-35 loss to Virginia Tech, Coach Manny Diaz says Jaron Williams will be the Canes starting QB Friday against Virginia. After splitting their first two games of the season with Tampa, the Panthers look to get on the winning side of things tomorrow against Carolina at 7. The Heat open preseason play tomorrow night at 7.30 here in Miami versus the Spurs. The winless Redskins have fired head coach Jay Gruden. Washington rolls into town for a Sunday afternoon kickoff against the Dolphins. Tonight, the Browns will take on the undefeated 49ers at 8.15 on Monday Night Football. The MLB playoffs continue today. The Braves lead the Cardinals 4-3 in the 7th. The Rays avoided being swept by the Astros, winning 10-3. Later, the Yankees look to sweep the Twins. Then the Dodgers will attempt to close out the Nationals. The MLS regular season concluded yesterday. Playoffs begin this weekend. In March, Inter-Miami CF will join the league. And now, let's take a step into the day spa. A Florida woman, wanted for shoplifting, led police on a four-hour chase through the ceilings of a Port Charlotte Big Lots. She was eventually caught and arrested. Plus, she gets my hot mess of the day. A rodeo bull recently broke free and ran around Las Vegas for hours. Hmm, I wonder if bulls prefer the slots or the tables. And a Rhode Island group plans to join together 200,000 bras to raise breast cancer awareness and break a Guinness World Record. I'm all for it, but I also have to admit, something about a whole state wrapped in bras? That just sounds sexy. Now on the weather, brought to you by Hylia Park. Tonight's forecast, rainy, with temperatures around 80. Visit Hylia Park Casino every Saturday and win your share of $10,000 in giveaways. Drawings all day long, and it's free to enter. Visit HyliaPark.com for more details. Crazy game for the Canes this past Saturday, so earlier today, Joe Rose caught up with Coach Manny Diaz to kind of smooth things out. What they talk about? Well, what's it going to take to win? Frustrations, especially with the D, the QB plan, and it's all a numbers game. Manny Diaz joins us right now. Good morning, Manny. How are you? Doing good. Good morning. How are you doing? Manny, we're hanging in there. We uh, we are hanging in there. Uh, 
I always tell everybody, I'm sitting there watching the game, and I'm going, God, I hate Monday mornings when uh, when it's like this. Manny, you're down 28 to nothing, which was bad, but you're able to come back and tie it up 35-35 and should have been 36-35, and then it happens again. You can't get a stop from your defense. You come back down. There's enough time to score to tie it back up, and you can't make it. I mean, that thing was, as bad as it was, you almost had a chance to come all the way back and, and win this thing. Just talk about the overall frustration and what it's going to take for this group to figure out how to get off to a nice start and win and win a game. Well, you're right. You know, it's it's we've lost three games, and in all three games have had a very similar script. You know, in 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 the first three quarters, we've faced some type of adversity, uh, which we have overcome. In the fourth quarter, in all three games, we have either taken the lead or, or as was the case on Saturday, should have taken the lead. You know, at the minimum, we tied the game up. And then in all three games, we've given up a, a back-breaking touchdown drive on defense. In all three games, we have missed a, either a field goal or a PAT. Uh, and then in all three games, offensively, we have had a chance on the last possession of the game to drive down the field, which we have and given ourselves a chance either to to win or tie the game it's 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 been remarkable you know if we were a if we were a basketball team we would have lost three games by buzzer beaters now if you're if you're if you're a basketball team you say well you got you you play an 82 game season you got a chance to for that to even out well we don't we don't have that opportunity we're we're running out of games on the positive side you know you see the culture of a, of a team that you know stares 28 nothing in the face doesn't flinch and comes back to make what you know the, the DJ Dallas run the DJ Dallas touchdown should have gone down as one of the most memorable plays in this program's history and it really should have ended up being one of the most memorable wins in the program history to come back down from 20 to nothing and our inability to finish that I think is one of the most frustrating aspects about what happened on Saturday. Manny uh, I'm just going to jump into some of these things uh, the screens it, to see the defense just look lost on screens and third downs their ability a quarterback to run uh, 9 of 16 really frustrating before we get to the offensive problems after those interceptions you go, all right defense uh let's hold these guys to three or 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 make them pay and demoralize them and instead i mean it was the quickest 21 nothing we've seen in a long time what what what's well, the problem just, with the defense over there just before we yeah if, if you step back and look at what you know who we are you say okay well obviously jaron's off to had been off to a great start but it's not outside the realm of possibility. You know you're still playing with a young quarterback. Could there be a day where he's off and throws some interceptions? Sure, you could see that happening. You know, obviously we still have our, our youth on offense. Our place-kicking issues are what they are, you know, and, and it's just something that we're, we're limited in terms of how we can fix that this season. The, the timing in which our missed PAT came up, of course, was a, was a kick in the teeth. But, I mean, you can see that right there, right? What is, um, what is completely unacceptable has been the play of our defense. Even the way that we righted the ship on offense, we gave ourselves a chance to win. But but to but to play defense the way we were to not to not be able to make a stop in any of those sudden change situations like you said that's been the part that's been you know really even in, in it going back to the North North Carolina game the two ACC games that we've played um, that's been the most disappointing part to me and and that's I made some changes yesterday I'm going to to change my role um, in coaching the defense players were made aware of that yesterday I'm not going to get into any details of exactly what that means that's going to be an internal thing for for the rest, the rest of the week and going forward, but my role in terms of my connection with the defense is, is going to change here going forward. Do you expect changes within personnel as well, Manny, or is you just coaching up these guys you have and, and doing some – can you tell us a little bit more about scheme-wise and talent-wise, who will be playing? We, we had some players that we've counted on for a long time that played very poorly. Um, and, and the thing that just jumps out is just the, the attention to detail um, in terms of the guys and what and – what, the, the manner in terms of – 
you know, defense is all about connected to one another and it's about trusting each other. Right. And to do that, you've got to have some greater thing that you're accountable to. And, and there are some things that we've just built here since we've been here in 2016. This group of, of players has allowed to evaporate and that's completely unacceptable. That's not, you know, we, we work too hard to build a standard of how we play defense here at Miami. And, and there's no way that I'm going to sit here and watch this group of, of players go, go in there. And, and everyone's effort. There, there, there's not a lack of effort. They're all trying. But what ends up happening is when we start to lose our attention to detail and people start playing outside the framework of the way that this thing is designed it starts to look the way it's looking and so it, it, there's there's got to be an immediate shift of accountability and, and that started in our meetings and in, in our practice last night coach jaron uh struggled through some picks nikosi comes in what's the quarterback plan going forward for your team you know jaron's our guy we, we talk about how important it is to have a guy right however it is an important week for jaron to see how he responds Right, Jaron could have gone back in the game on Saturday, but we thought Nikosi went in there and, and, and gave us a spark and obviously gave us a chance to win. I've been saying back since August that we felt like coming out of camp that all three of our quarterbacks would give us a chance to win. And I think what everyone is seeing on that side of the ball is that the way, again, that this offense is structured, that if the quarterback gets the ball to where the ball is supposed to go, there are plays there to be made. And we saw that. And, and you, look, when you play Virginia Tech on defense, you got to loosen them up. They're going to start the game with everybody crowding the line of scrimmage. you got to be able to hit some throws to – to loosen up and get your run game going. And, and our inability to do that early on in the game, not, not only putting us in a, in a major hole scoreboard-wise, but they, that you're falling right into their hands. So Nikosi was able to do that, was able to, to loosen up what they were doing coverage-wise. And so we know that the team has always known that we can win with any of these guys at quarterback. So we still believe in Jaron. And, and now, but, you know, they're, they're, everyone will be watching to see how Jaron shakes off what happened last week as a quarterback. You're going to have days like that. Shake it off. Let's get back in. Let's go. Coach, help me out on, uh, I know this was a big conversation yesterday. You go for a two-pointer to cut the lead. Then you come back when the game is tied on the next touchdown and you decide to go extra point. What was the deal with the two-point? By the way, it works, but what was your thinking there? Again, people know that I'm, I'm kind of a, a numbers guy. So when you're when you're down when you're down 14, right? right. And obviously you need two touchdowns to, to at least tie the game, right? So if you go for two on the first touchdown, all right, you have a chance to make it six. And then obviously when you score the next touchdown, instead of kicking an extra point to tie the game, you're kicking an extra point to win the game, right? So you're giving yourself a chance when you're making a big time comeback. You're giving yourself a chance to win the game without having to go into overtime. Obviously the downside is if you miss a two point conversion, you're down eight. But right. that's okay because now what you have to do is you have to make another two point conversion anyhow yeah, chance, right. to tie the game. So what you're betting on is you're betting on can I make the first two-point conversion? Uh, college ball teams convert two-point conversions around 45 to 50% conversion rate. Okay. So basically what you're saying is if I can make two two if I can make one out of two two-point conversions, I have at least what I'd have with a PAT. Now here's the irony. If we'd kick the PAT the first time and make it seven, we may have still missed the second PAT. Or we may have missed the first PAT. Our PATs as we know are not 100% anyway. So, you know, I, again, I, I thought our players did an outstanding job of, of end-of-game management. I thought we did an outstanding job at the end mm-hmm. of the first half to, to give us time for the Hail Mary, and, and I thought the way that we utilized our, our time clock and, and getting down the field and having, and having a couple throws in the end zone at the end of the game gave us, obviously, a chance to win the game. Coach, i, I got to ask you, I mean, we, we, we've talked about the kicking. What, I, I know you're limited. This is not the NFL. I said this this morning where you go out and bring in five guys from other schools and go, all right, we're going to sign you. Bubba's your guy. Coach, I know you want to work with him, but as you see in the NFL all the time, a guy loses confidence and and he's shot. I don't know where Bub is. Obviously, it's a huge kick at the end of the game to take the lead. I don't know if it, it matters because they march down the field, but but what do you do with this kicking situation? You know a lot of these games are going to be tight. 
Well, it, it's, it certainly matters because I think there's no – number one, just from a momentum standpoint, um, and the fact that the win that that took out of our sales and it gave Virginia Tech a boost in the arm, there's, there, there, there's still a drive to stop defensively, but there's a different pressure on those guys when they know they're down a point as opposed to the game being tied in terms of the way you call plays, the way you do everything. So it was, it was, it was a massive point. Like you said, I mean, we, we have to – he had not missed a PAT up to that point. You know, it's a PAT. It's a minimum expectation of, of a kick we should have. We right. don't have – you know, we don't have Camden Price. We didn't have Camden Price this past week where he's not available to us for one more game. But again, if you had gone to the game and Bubba had made all of his PATs, it's not a situation where you would take him out of that situation and put another guy in anyway. I mean, he had, he had, he had been doing what we had asked him to do throughout the course of the game. So all we can do at this point is, again, create as much competition as we have in practice yep. um, like we would at any other position. We can play the guy that we think that gives us the best chance. And then obviously what you would do, you got a corner that doesn't play man coverage well, you don't put him in as much man coverage. You know, we try to give uh, Bubba as makeable kicks as we possibly can to to boost his confidence, and, and then and then he's got to do his, his part, and he's got to knock it through. Does it ch- is in the back of your head? Does it change your mindset, coaching? Because I know a lot of people thought that with a two point conversion, like that maybe a little trust was gone from uh, from Bubba. Now it'll 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 affect some of our red zone fourth down decisions. Sure. you know, in terms of what type of field goals we kick. But no, I mean, like I said, the the, the going for two was we, we were going yeah. to win the game. You know, okay. and, and and it could not have played out. You know, if we go up thirty six thirty five, we get a stop. That's something that what we would have talked about for for years in terms of end of game strategy of how to make it happen when you're down 14 and just and again the, the the kick just betrayed us you know a lot of people are saying you have an extra week and and that's what you come out with to start the game what do you say say to that after having the extra week and being prepared and knowing that virginia tech had just gotten their butts kicked and was a good opportunity to jump and just kick their butts right off the bat what do you say and what frustrated you with with that whole thing well, I look at this. I mean, the way we started the game, obviously, we make some really bad throws, right? But it's not, you know, I mean, that just is what it is. I mean, if the, quarter, if the quarterback comes out and is not playing well, you're going to have an issue, which is what we had. So to, to what I look at is, are our kids playing hard? I thought the answer to that is yes. The concern I had is the way we were playing defense. And that's not a coming out. That's not a quote-unquote ready-to-play thing. There's just... There were just some things in terms of the that, that globally right. that I see in our defense that that I can't have. So that by week, not by week, Virginia Tech, not Virginia Tech. There's nothing to do with those guys. That's just something that right now we've got on our resume that, that we've got to get fixed. Coach, eleven penalties for ninety yards. That had to be something you weren't happy about after the game either. No, we had made a big point of contention on that. Uh, you know, we uh, I'm looking forward to getting our you know sort of our the, the, the penalties that we have in contention that we send to the league and see what their opinions are on those things. And it's it's more the the mind numbing ones defense linemen that are jumping off sides when when we you know we've made a, a major point of emphasis of that and and that's that's where playing time's coming some of some of the ones the again there's, there's going to be there's going to be you know hey look you got to you got to tackle their defensive end has a good rush you know and you're going to have a holding penalty things like that are going to happen it's more the ones that are just you know completely self-inflicted you know just completely uh, avoidable are the ones that playing time is going is, is coming into into question now coach you know it's incredible because you're looking now and uh, you've got two losses in ACC and you could easily, without exaggerating anything, be undefeated, which tells you you go back to all these tight games, learning how to win. Guys step up and make big plays on offense or defense or a big return to get you in great field position. And those kind of things, you just it's not happening with this group right now. How do you get that? How do you get that? That's what you guys have had the last couple of years when you got it rolling defensively. That defense, like you could almost feel in the stands, like here comes a pick, here comes a pick six, uh-oh, here comes a big sack, and it's just not happening. 
happening right now? How, how do you get that? Well, that's what's going to happen. I mean, we're, we're, we're going to get back to some fundamental truths of, of defensive football. And, and like I said, it's, it's about the accountability of, the, of those guys out there playing for each other, which yeah. I just feel like has been lacking. I, I don't think our leadership has been as, as good as it should be. So I'm hopping right in the middle of that. And when I talk about leadership, I'm talking about of, of, the, of the guys playing, the on-the-field guys playing. I've got great faith and trust in our, our defensive staff. Our, our defense staff knows what they're doing. There's just sometimes you just get a group of players that just for whatever reason they lack that connection to one another i gotta dive know that and, and and be that connection um you're right you're right i mean you're, you're looking at a team that is that is that is that needs to find a way to win a close game uh we anticipate the game on friday being a close game obviously you know virginia's got a has got a hell of a team the thing that they also know is this globally with the with the whole locker room is there's something special about the culture and a lot of the things that we talked about in the off season of being really important are on display they're not getting rewarded with the win but the, but the mental toughness the determination the fight of this football team to do what they've already done so far this season it's real i mean it's it's measured now i mean all the stuff we talked about it's happening it's not being rewarded with wins but if, if you whether in whatever line of work that you're in what you know is that when when you when you lay the foundation of these things that you have to have to be a successful program. And, and if you just persist at those things, you start getting better. Your young players on offense start playing better. Like we said, we're going to make some, we're going to make some accountability changes. We're going to start getting better again on defense. And then all of a sudden the wins come. And look, here's the thing. When the wins come, if we continue to guard the culture and we guard the way that we play, now you've got an actual program with a real foundation, something that's sustainable going forward. So you, when you look at a locker room of guys and the disappointment they have after losing that game, and that's the, the issue. The issue is your, your heart breaks for those guys because, I mean, I mean, to come down from 28 nothing, to come down from 21 points down in the fourth quarter and have a chance to win, I just think about the way that stadium was when DJ Dallas crossed the goal line. That play right there defines the culture of the program that we've built right now. Now we've got to make it count. We've got to make it stick, and that's, to me, the the big step going forward. Virginia on a short week Friday night, so still the plan. Jaron Williams to start that game at quarterback, right, Coach? Yeah, I mean, Jaron will go into practice uh, tomorrow as our guy, and, and like I said, we'll, we'll, we will watch him and, and see how he responds, and, and, you know, because we I think that the team knows we can win with Jaron. The team, everyone's seen, you know, what Jaron can do, and that's why we have you know total confidence in him. But they also they also know that Nikosi can come in there and make things happen as well. Coach, thank you for your time. We'll talk to you next Thanks, Monday. Coach. Okay, guys, have a good one. Ooh, now the U facing a nationally ranked Virginia team on a Friday night. Hopefully, they step it up. Of course, you can listen to the pregame, the postgame, the whole game right here on five sixty. The Joe, a man that knows Miami all too well, not just the U, but all of Miami, is Dan Lebetard. Up next. Going to give us some weekend observations, plus a little look into the NFL. It's the best of the Joe Show. It's the best of the Joe Show, running back some of the best audio that you've heard on this radio station over the past 24 hours. I am Dan Day. Give me a follow on Twitter at Dan Day Radio. Give us a follow at 560WQAM. It is a Miami Monday, so featuring a Miami musician by the name of Nando Chang. Yes, a Peruvian-American. He's got his own restaurant, Itame, over there in the St. Roche area. Oh, yeah. Good food, good music. Good Miami. And speaking of a good Miami, and Dan Levitard, like a good Miami on a Monday, took the day off. But don't worry, Stu Gotts and the guys, they got the craziness rolling with the biggest surprise of the NFL weekend. How good are the Cowboys? 
and one of my favorites, Weekend Observations. Mike, what surprised you the most from the NFL over the weekend? Last night surprised me the most. Really? Yeah, I that was a game that I think all of us sort of circled on our calendars as, hey, that's a good one. Indianapolis is built to stop the Chiefs, and then Andrew Luck retired, and so we sort of checked out on the notion that Indianapolis can compete with these teams. They're a team that just lost at home to Oakland, so for them to perform that way at Arrowhead, and yeah, I understand what everyone's saying with Patrick Mahomes' ankle, but still, Patrick Patrick Mahomes on one bad angle still has more arm talent than damn near anyone else in the league that uh, it went beyond just the ankle injury. Justin Houston in Indianapolis were winning at the line of scrimmage. That was one of the better defensive efforts we've seen. And yes, Tyreek Hill and Sammy Watkins are hurt, but they did a great job in neutralizing Travis Kelsey, understanding that it becomes easier to neutralize Travis Kelsey when you don't have to worry about any of the other weapons outside. Thoroughly impressed with what Frank Reich and the Indianapolis Colts did last night. Not as shocking as the Cowboys. That's what I was thinking. I was. It's not It's not that the Cowboys lost to the Packers. It's the not that Aaron Rodgers beat the, the Dallas Cowboys. He has done that fairly routinely throughout his career, especially in... In Dallas, it's the way they beat the Dallas Cowboys. Yep. That, to me, I think most people had doubts about Dallas because of the schedule early on. But that type of performance, and then Dak is just losing money the last couple of games, is he not? Yeah. 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 Although, Those even empty numbers, e- even with the, the the turnovers that he had, he still threw some passes that uh, Dak, early in his career, probably can't get off. Dak has, has developed as a passer. I wasn't really surprised by that result. I thought Green Bay's defense is good. Yeah, they lost at home, but they could have won that game if they didn't forget about the run game, which Matt LaFleur remembered obviously this time in Dallas while it's not super sexy although Aaron Rodgers made some incredible throws in that game this might be the way to help Aaron Rodgers age even more gracefully with a top-notch defense and no chance game. because he's going to die of stress and anger because he that guy is so frustrated <laughs> out there he's every one, single though. time the body language is pretty poor it's terrible why because he wants to be the reason they're winning yeah I know, but he's he is craved for a defense and a running game for the last couple of years, and now he has those. And he looks unhappy every single drive. It doesn't matter what the result is. But I'll have his moments, don't you think? Like, he's going to have his moments where Aaron Rodgers is going to be forced to bail that team out, and I'm certain he can still do it. He's still capable of doing it. He's had, like, what, two moments this year? Man, he had a great throw in that game where he rolled out and on the run mm-hmm. through a sideline pass that, man. <laughs> he wants to do that every play. You can count the quarterbacks <laughs> that can do that in one hand. So many things you think of with the Cowboys. It's, you know, is Jason Garrett going to survive this? Dak Prescott should have negotiated that contract. Should have held out. I told him after week one, he should have held out right then and there. Should have held out. And then what's going to happen with Amari Cooper? So to me, that game wasn't as much about the Packers as it was about the Dallas Cowboys. Mm -hmm. And I'm telling you, within minutes of the Cowboys losing that game, we got an email from Chuck saying after two losses, how good are the Cowboys? (laughs) (laughs) It is time for his two guys to share his game notes. No one in the media will tell you what happened better than my boys too. Dan with a big bounce back win on the road. Just like that, the pack are back. What's the matter, Mike? My name's Izzy. Uh, <laughs> shouldn't it be pack is back? Yeah. I don't know. I, you know, I always struggle. It's why I send them to you. Is it the pack are back or the pack is back? I usually catch it and switch it to the pack is back, yeah, uh, but this time I missed it and it sounds off. All right. Want me to uh, do it again? Put it to the poll. Is it Pack are back or Pack is back? What do you think it is, Izzy? I think the Pack is back. All right. Listen, I know how you feel today. I, too, had Will Fuller V on my bench. <laughs> what his, his name isn't Will Fuller V. Well, what's the V for? It's a V. Like, <laughs> if it was the fifth, it'd be, it would be a five with a little TH and an underline. Right? There you go. Thank you. Exactly. 
You should check that. I think it's V. Will Fuller V. Swamp. 3.30 p.m. Hot day. Tough place to play. Philip Rivers. Always seems like he's in a rush. Izzy. You know what the Falcons had for lunch yesterday? What? They had a 50 burger. Hmm. Rare. Gary Danielson <laughs> said the word of the day is, we can communicate or who can communicate the best. I'm not a math major. But that's more than one word. <laughs> I mean, so perfect that you would botch that joke. <laughs> Danielson said he's had a tough day, Danielson. He really did. I mean, the only person who had a tougher day than the Gators' opponent, which was Auburn, was Gary Danielson. Rockets owner, Tillman Fertitta, saying, We are political free. After the man, in charge of his business, tweets out something political. Tillman Fertitta, the Stugats. Is strong in you. Based on name alone, I don't think there is anyone in sports I'd less want to piss off than Tillman Fertitta. You're so wrong on that. <laughs> what do you it mean? It sounds like a breakfast dish. <laughs> what are you talking about? It's a little Fertitta with a little bit of Tillman. It's like a, it's like a spice. I think Mike agrees with me on that one. You're doing the old uh, UFC owners that you don't want to cross. <laughs> yeah, yeah. People with Vegas backgrounds. I sounds like a casino boss, <laughs> Tillman Fertitta. Yes, of course. Second place was Ron Karkovice. He does. That and third good. was Mo Vaughn. How about that? Mo. The biggest indictment on Jim Harbaugh as Michigan coach is the fact that Shea Patterson hasn't improved. If anything, he's gotten worse. Clayton Kershaw. I did try to warn you. I did try to warn everyone. I did. Derek Brown. Auburn defensive tackle gets scoot, death, taxes, and the Yankees over the Twins. Aaron Boone was right. He's got a bunch of bleeping savages. Booney, 11 of 27, 145 yards, three interceptions. Bo Nix, more like Bo Picks. Izzy, you know what Garrett Cole is going to be doing during the offseason? What's that? He's going to be backing up the Brinks truck. How is there... A match stoppage in a hell in a cell. Death, taxes, WWE, not knowing how to book Bray Wyatt. The Jets are reportedly looking to be sellers at the trade deadline. I hate them. AJ Green wants his run with the Bengals to last as long as Larry Fitzgerald's run with the Cardinals. AJ, if you don't mind me asking, why? AJ Green, <laughs> what I'm trying to tell you is, have a similar run, just do it somewhere else. Stefan Diggs was fined over $200,000 for unexcused absences from practices and meetings. Kirk Cousins should digs around in his pocket and pay the fine. Bringing Luke Falk to a football game is like bringing a knife to a gunfight. Tough loss for the Titans, but not to worry. Just a game out in their division and firmly entrenched in the mix. I had a feeling everything would work out in Minnesota. A tradition unlike any other. The Will Fuller V game. <laughs> you know what Teddy Bridgewater has done, is he? What's that? He's answered the bell. No. Tariq Cohen, Juju Smith-Schuster, wishing you and your families an easy fast. Raiders-Bears, a tale of two halves until it wasn't. Bears fans... Spent the first half missing Mitchell Trubisky and spent most of the second half hoping he never comes back. 
I make it a tale of one half? Football. Probably. I want a quarterback named Minshew and a wide receiver named Shark. Bills and Titans could play a thousand times and a thousand times. It would be seven to seven headed into the fourth quarter. It took four games for the Jets to get their second offensive touchdown. I hate them. Congratulations to the handful of players who survived the Steelers-Ravens game. Devlin Hodges can scoot. The Jets have never beaten the Eagles. I hate them. While all the other kickers are playing a game of checkers, Justin Tucker is playing a game of chess. Will Fuller V had 52.7 fantasy points for my fantasy bench. John Gruden, NFL Coach of the Year, Collision Course. How about that? <laughs> you didn't see that one coming, did you? Nope. Huh? He's in contention, is he not? He has to be. It's him or Frank Reich, I think. Khalil Mack. You know what John Gruden had? The last laugh. The greatest mystery in life, the Tennessee Titans. William Fuller V had more yards than the Jets. Daniel Jones, bust. Oakland, it wasn't perfect, but a win's a win. Jay Gruden, some job in Oakland he doesn't deserve. Collision course. Christian McCaffrey, do, uh, dealing with general soreness. Soft. Kyler Murray, starting to show signs. I invested just over three hours of my life in 10 to 3. Iowa, Michigan, go to hell. And when you get there, say hi to our priles for me. Izzy, those are the weekend observations. I'll tell Dan. As I sit back and listen to Weekend Observations, I can't help but think Stugat sits around all weekend with a pen and pad just jotting down notes so he can do Weekend Observations on Monday. Must be an interesting... Not really, no. Must be not that much of an interesting weekend, but still, I'm glad he does it because I always enjoy hearing that. You can hear the Dan Lebitard Show weekdays from 10 to 1 right here on 560 The Joe. Up next, Stephen A. Smith! Breaks out the Cowboys drawl. Plus, Miami Monday, more Miami music on the best of the Joe show. Welcome back to the best of the Joe show, where we run back some of the best audio you've heard on this radio station over the past 24 hours. Happy Monday, although that's kind of an oxymoron. I am Dan Day, and you are listening to a Miami Monday, meaning you're hearing a Miami musician Nando Chang. He's combining two of his loves, music and being a sushi chef. That's the name of the song. He actually has his own restaurant, Itame, here in Miami. Look it up, eat it up. I would say wrap it up. You probably don't have rapping skills like Nando Chang on this Miami Monday. Someone that definitely has skills. Stephen A. Smith. He got your Monday going with Joe Gruden's rough morning, John Gruden's good Sunday, and the cowboy drawl is back. Coming at you like I love to do every day, every weekday. Howdy! I must say, I mean, as you think about the things that transpired on a football Sunday, I'll get into that Jay Gruden firing at 5 a.m. this morning in just a few minutes. Because I know new. And obviously, when you're talking about new, looking at my man JC, looking at my man Jonathan Winthrop through that screen right there, when you're talking about the news, obviously, the Jay Gruden firing is significant, significant news, particularly coming out of the nation's capital. The thing is, though, 
I got other things on my mind. I watched those Cowboys yesterday. I watched those Cowboys. I got to tell you something right now. It's interesting watching what's transpiring right before our very eyes. Couple weeks ago, all you Cowboy fans out there, the world over, not just in the South where my buddies reside, Jerry and Stephen Jones, but also all across the world. Oh, of course, these United States of America is cowboy fans everywhere. Wear your stars on your hats, your baseball caps, the jerseys. Talk about how you going to win the championship, Super Bowl championship. Been 24 years of counting it, but that's neither here nor there. We looked at the Cowboys over the first three games of this season, and we said, I'm mighty proud of those boys. Look at them go. They beat up on the New York Giants, led by Eli Manning. Then they turned around and went against the Washington Redskins. We see what happened there. And then after that, they went up against those Miami Dolphins. I mean, just stop the presses. Just stop the presses. What a formidable football franchise they are. I guess we're thinking a little bit differently right now, right? I mean, it's just been a couple of weeks since that time. If you recall, ladies and gentlemen, there's something called Thursday Night Football. You listening to me, J.C.? Are you listening to me? There's something called Cowboy fans watching Thursday night football. And at that particular juncture, we watched the Cowboys 3-0 undefeated. And we said, hey, you know what? Cowboys, if the Eagles lose that Thursday night football game to those Green Bay Packers, and we turn around and we beat those Drew Brees-less New Orleans Saints, led by Teddy Bridgewater, we'd be at 4-0. They'd be at one and three. We'd be three games ahead of the Cow of the Philadelphia Eagles in that NFCs. And by golly, gosh darn it, we'd had a division. It'd be lock, stock, and bear. That's where we gonna have it. And here we sit, just a mere ten days later. You hear me, Jonathan Winthrop? I'm talking to you too, buddy. Just ten no little days later. That's a week and a half for those of you who don't understand the difference. Just ten old little days later. We sit here, Cowboys, losers of two in a row, Eagles, winners of two in a row, and lo and behold, we got a stalemate right at three and two at the top of the NFC East Division. And suddenly we look at those Cowboys. Dak Prescott, not looking too smart right now that you didn't sign that extension. Not looking too smart right now. I reckon that Dak Prescott being out there, putting himself on the line, putting that health on the line, only making $2 million a year this season, I reckon somebody need to tell Dak Prescott, hey, wait a minute there, buddy. You might want to sign that contract extension as opposed to being focused on setting the market. You might want to take a couple of million dollars less just to make sure you getting 30 plus million. You mean you can break a leg, twist the ankle. You can do a lot of things on that football field, especially with guys like that dude, Sedarius Smith. Beautiful last name, by the way. Coming right at you. Might want to do something about that. Preston Smith, too. Another beautiful last name. He was all over the place yesterday, too. Might want to do a little something about that. Ezekiel Elliott had 62 yards rushing. A 62-yard rushing performance, even though he averaged about five yards a carry. Here's the bottom line. Might want to do a little something about that. Amari Cooper had 226 yards receiving, yet you still lost. Might want to do a little something about that. Dak Prescott, three interceptions. Might want to do a little something about that. Jason Garrett, your coach. Kellen Moore is your first year offense coordinator. Suddenly you be a little bit humble. Jason Garrett out there earning penalties for bad behavior in the fifth of mouth. Cussing at officials like he's never been known to do. I'm wondering about those Cowboys right now. All you Cowboy fans everywhere, you all right? Are you okay? I only got one thing to say about this. 
other than the fact that Green Bay's defense looks for real, other than the fact that Aaron Rodgers is still that bad man even when he don't have to be, other than the fact that their running back Aaron Jones is something special when he wants to be evidently against those Cowboys. At the end of the day, what we can't ignore, what we must pay attention to, is that those Cowboys seem like some of you out there might have been a bit premature, wouldn't you say? I guess you'll finally get it together after all, recognizing the fact that indeed you haven't arrived. But I got some news for you. Old Stevie A here for you. You know why? Because Stevie A loves you. Not just the kids. He loves you too. He sure does. He sure does. For the moment, got to get to some news. As you all may remember, last Monday, I came on the air and I said to you that, um, Jay Gruden would be fired today. I said he would be fired the day after they lost to the New England Patriots. They would lose to the New England Patriots. It would be in a lopsided fashion, at which time the Redskins would fire him as head coach of their franchise. Well, it came to fruition. Patriots won 33-7 yesterday. Jay Gruden looked like a lost puppy, had players in the locker room crying on his behalf because they love him so. Nevertheless, the record didn't show it. 35-49 and won as head coach of the Washington Redskins franchise, at which time, under the stewardship of Jay Gruden, on Daniel Snyder, the owner for the Washington Redskins, on his staff, once upon a time under Jay Gruden with Sean McVay, Kyle Shanahan, and Matt LeFleur. All three head coaches are doing a damn good job in the National Football League at this particular juncture. Sean McVay just finished going to a Super Bowl. Kyle Shanahan has the San Francisco Giants undefeated heading into Monday Night Football today against the Cleveland Browns with Baker Mayfield and Odell Beckham Jr. And Matt LaFleur, courtesy of the Packers beating the Cowboys yesterday, are 4-1 on the season, having beaten Chicago, having beaten Minnesota, having beaten the Dallas Cowboys in three of their first five games. So we have to recognize the fact that if you're Daniel Snyder, what happened? What really, really happened? You know what? You hired the wrong damn man as a coach, and you kept the wrong damn man on the job for far too long. If we're really, really being honest, the fact of the matter is, one could easily argue the only reason Jay Gruden had the head coach job in the nation's capital to begin with is because he had a beautiful last name. Because anytime you think of Gruden, you think about one man, and that would be John Gruden, who's a Super Bowl champion as a coach, who's now a $100 million man plus, for the Oakland Raiders, who walked into London yesterday with the world telling him and everybody else that Khalil Mack was going to get the best of them because John Gruden unceremoniously booted him out of Oakland. And what does John Gruden and the Oakland Raiders do? Albeit without Mitchell Trubisky, they ended up beating the Chicago Bears. That's what we saw. That's what we got. It is what it is. And that's that. John Gruden and the Oakland Raiders, one could argue, have proven that they're heading in a forward direction, that they're doing the kind of things that build a winning culture. And you got to give John Gruden some love for that. Jay Gruden deserves no such thing. I don't know the man personally. I'm certainly not knocking him personally, and I'm not going to give any credence to the reports about laziness or incompetence or not the want it factor. I don't know Jay Gruden. I'm in no position to judge him in that fashion. But I will tell you this. His record certainly exemplifies that. Now, they're like 1-11 or 1-12 since Alex Smith went down. And by the way, Alex Smith, who suffered that nasty leg injury against the Houston Texans last year at FedEx Field, I don't know why he and his lovely wife would pick the Patriots 
Patriots game as a game to show up at. I don't know why they wouldn't just stay the hell home rather than to see that beat down. But nevertheless, they were in attendance for the game yesterday and they watched the New England Patriots run roughshod over the Washington Redskins and as a result, the Redskins get smashed. Jay Gruden's dismissal was a foregone conclusion. Most people knew that it wasn't a matter of if, it was a matter of when. People were surmising, would it be at the end of the season? Would it be at the halfway mark? Etc. Etc. I reported a week ago it would go down today. That's what the hell happened. My point is, I feel sorry for the man from the standpoint that I don't wish firing on anybody. I want a person to continue to get paid and have the ability to feed their families. And I'm quite sure that's not going to be a problem for Jay Gruden. The flip side to it, however, is that he's a man one could easily argue should have never been a head coach to begin with. Or at the very least should have been relieved of his duties years ago. So you could have kept McVay, Shanahan, or LeFleur to be the head coach of this franchise, rather than keeping him on board at the expense of losing all three of those guys. But Daniel Snyder elected not to do that, and as a result, he's been vilified. He's constantly vilified as not the greatest owner in the world, and we get all of that. And in the end, what it comes down to is that they had to move in a different direction because they really, really had no choice. Plain and simple. Never enough football, so get you some tonight. Monday Night Football kickoff at 8.15 between the Browns and the undefeated 49ers, and you can listen to it right here on 560 The Joe. Over the weekend, Steelers quarterback Mason Rudolph got rocked. Everyone seems to be talking about it. If you missed it, here it is again. Rudolph is back there. He starts out of the pocket, escapes, throws it to a wide open man. First down. That is James Washington running up the field. He's across the 30, across the 35, and we have an injured Steeler behind the play. And they're calling for the training corps. Oh, man, it looks like no. he's out. Oh, my. It looks like he's out. It looks like he might have gotten knocked out. There is a flag on the play, and this appears to be serious. Oh, my goodness. John Norwig, the training corps, both team doctors out there. Oh, Rudolph took a helmet to the f- Yeah, took a helmet to the face from... Uh, oh, man, that's, that's, that's a knockout. That was Earl Thomas. Earl Thomas hit him in the face. Oh, and then his yeah. head hit the ground. Yeah. yeah. So, after the game, Steelers coach Mike Tomlin asked kind of a goofy question, gave a pretty serious answer. On Mason's injury, um, do you know why he had to stand up and kind of walk off the way he did while the cart was out there? Ask somebody that's in charge of that. I don't drive carts and things of that nature. I like Mike Tomlin. Give it to him. Give it to him straight. And pretty honest right there. Got to be honest with you, very upset with Miami. Ugh. They were down 28-0 during the National Anthem this past Saturday, but they did fight back. There were some highlights. Let's listen to them now. Hooker in the gun, standing in a shadow. Snap comes back. He looks left. Now he's going to run. He's to the 10. He's to the 5. And he's into the end zone for a touchdown. Hendon Hooker, son of Allen and Wendy, is celebrating in the end zone as he dashes in for a touchdown. Back to throw is Williams. Just protected. He lets it fly toward the end zone. It is intercepted by Virginia Tech. In the end zone and a pass intended for Williams. It is picked off by Caleb Farley. Hooker turns. There's going to be a pass into the right flat. Caught by Keen, the tight end. 10-5, and he carries the ball into the end zone for a Hokies touchdown. 17-yard touchdown, and the Hokies are blowing out the hometown Hurricanes. It is 27-0. Perry against a three-man rush. Steps up as he rolls to the left side, looking, looking, flicks his fingers, lets it go toward the end zone, jump ball, it is caught! Oh, God! It's caught! It's caught! It's a touchdown! It was deflected and caught for a touchdown! 
Hooker, play fake, throws back in the end zone. Keen got, got it. it for a touchdown. Eight yards deep. He's got a hat trick. Yep. Dalton Keen with his third touchdown reception of the game. Gives it to Dallas. Squirts to the mm. left side. Dallas still going. Breaks away. There he goes. Dallas is at the 40. Dallas cuts to his right at the 20. He's at the 15. He's at the 10. He's at the 5. DJ Dallas. Touchdown. Here's a touchdown by DJ Dallas. Dallas goes all the way. Touchdown Miami with 3.16 to go in the game. The snap comes back. Backs his kick. It hit the upright. It hit the upright. No good. Oh, my goodness. He hit the right uprights. 35-35. Hokies knocking on the touchdown door. Hand off McLeese into the end zone. Touchdown. Miami will have 103 left. Last play of the game. Perry looks to his right. Looks to his left. Takes the shotgun snap. Looking. Throws. Batted down. Game is over. Tisdale batted it down. Only fitting. Tisdale, who we thought was thrown out of the game, ends the game as he knocks it down at the goal line, and the Hokies win it. Now Miami has a must-win against nationally ranked Virginia in a rare Friday night game. Be sure to listen to the pregame, the postgame, the whole game right here on 560 The Joe. As I said, you can never get enough football, but let's remember basketball season right around the corner. In fact, the Heat, they play their first preseason game tomorrow night here in MIA against the Spurs. My favorite player for the Heat, Justice Winslow, he's got some confidence. This is what he recently said. We can get home court advantage. Um, you know, I think we can be in that two to four range. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's us playing lights out. That's us playing great out from the jump of the season. Um, but that's what we want to do. You know, um, they preach, you know, us being the hardest working, best conditioned team. Um, and so we got to really um, believe that and we have to do that to start the season off, um, you know, well. So um, I really think a, a good goal for this team is just home court advantage. You know, whatever it is, one through four. You know, you want that in the first round. Um, after that, you know, let the cards fall where they may, but I think um, home court advantage for this team is a, is a great goal. I know Jimmy Butler's been getting those guys up early in the morning, but hopefully a little sleep for the team tonight because, like I said, kind of a later game tomorrow night, 7.30. Love basketball. Basketball season, always so much fun. Almost done with the best of the Joe Show. Before I go, though, let me remind you, you can download the podcast for this show or any of the ones that you hear on this radio station, wherever you get your podcast for absolutely free. You can download the radio.com app or you can go to our website, wqam.com. All of it, absolutely free. That is the best price for that great content. And again, we had a Miami Monday. So I want you to give me a follow on Twitter, at Dan Day Radio and at 560 WQAM. I'd like to thank Nando Chang, Miami rapper, sushi chef, actor. He does it all for letting me use some of his music on Miami Monday. I'd like to thank the Joe Rose Show, Manny Diaz for letting us use some of their audio. Dan Levitard, always love him. Stephen A. Smith, good, 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 good stuff. Monday Night Football is coming up in just a few minutes. Once again, it's going to be the Browns versus the undefeated 49ers over on the left coast. That's going to be an exciting one. We're going to be playing it for you here, 560 The Joe. So be sure to tune in. Then tomorrow night, and even if you can't make it tomorrow night around 6 for the Best of the Joe show, or even if there is some type of other programming, always go download that podcast. It's real simple. One more time, radio.com app, wherever you get your podcast, or at our website, wqam.com. Once again, I am Dan Day. Thank you so much for listening to the best of the Joe Show, running back some of the best audio you've heard on this radio station over the past 24 hours.
Later, slug. Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network.